0: Back to drinking during business hours. Thanks very much for tuning in to our first episode of 2024. Which, which wow. is
1: which is a new type of thing we're doing here because this is our first actual uh Zoom.
0: Oh yes, in terms of the teaser, yes, in terms of the teaser. But the audio is, uh, you know, that's the same. That's it's just we, it's all the we same. We kind of changed it up a little for. For social media purposes. That's
1: right. And it's uh, we can actually see the sunshine today.
0: Yeah, the yeah. sun is shining and, you know, we uh, I didn't have to wash my hair.
1: <laughs> we're and, not in the dungeon.
0: Uh, we're not in the dungeon. It's kind of strange.
1: It is kind of strange, but, uh, but it's fun.
0: I'm not minding it.
1: I'm not minding it either.
0: And the, we're dry January. Instead of wine today...
1: We're drinking a really amazing... Water. uh, But it's not just water. But it's so good. It's an Italian mineral water called San Benedetto. And this water uh, is... I'm not kidding you. It's the best water I've ever had in my life. It comes directly from the Alps. Nothing is done to it whatsoever. And what makes this water so incredible is that... It actually has the exact same pH as your body. So it's 100% absorbable, which means if you drink eight ounces of this water, your body's keeping eight ounces of that water.
0: In other words, we should also be bathing in it. We should be bathing in and, it. And yes, we should going, be cooking thank you, with San it. Benedetto, and so a way,
1: big shout out to. Uh, we, uh,
0: we love San Benedetto. Thank and, you so uh, very much for the product and the yes, feature. And our friend and, Craig Dis. Craig Diss. Who listens
1: to the podcast, who gave us the water for the episode.
0: Thank you, Craig. And I'm wearing your hat, the San Benedetto hat.
1: Yeah, we're really sporting Um, today.
0: Also, our first official sponsor of 2024 is Riedel
1: Glassware. And uh, we're very proud to uh, bring Riedel into the fold officially. And they gifted us some beautiful uh, wine and for, spirits for every, glasses. Yeah, every for type of wine. Every type of wine. Wine that I didn't even know existed. Spirits. I know, right? And,
0: and I thought I knew my grapes. Yeah, they did okay. a
1: really, really nice job. In fact, just as a shout out to Riedel, even though we're not drinking, this is one of the new Riedel glasses they gave us, this beautiful, large Cabernet Merlot glass.
0: Now, Rich, why is Cabernet in your glass? It's
1: not. It's Nero yes, Diablo. We said we
0: were going to do... Dry January. January. Okay, Nero D'Avola. It's right. Nero
1: Diablo with little Merlot and Cabernet blend.
0: <laughs> well, um, we have a really exciting guest. Yes, we do. this episode of 2024. We have writer, comedian, Peter Melman. Yeah. Hi.
1: Welcome to the show,
2: Peter. Hi.
0: Thanks so much for being with us.
2: When's when's the when's the Italian water getting here?
1: <laughs> we'll bring you
2: some tomorrow night at the Improv. We have
0: to ship it to you. Yeah. Just to trust, and oh, it's just so good. Oh, Peter. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're missing out. Yeah. So, so this well, is I- really funny. We we were going. This is our very first time where we're doing an interview via Zoom and not live in the dungeon. Um, the inception of the show was 2016. And this is the first time we're doing it via Zoom. And, uh, you know, per your request, and we don't mind, this is cool, but you're gonna be in Bottle Shock Comedy tomorrow night at the Hollywood Improv. And I just really hope you don't request I change location of the show.
2: Right. No, 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 no.
0: Uh,
2: it's, uh, it's at the Improv in Vegas, right?
1: Exactly. In fact, we're going to supply, we're supplying a shuttle bus. Yeah. To take you from L.A. up to Vegas. It's such a delight to have you on the show. Um, for our guests, uh, they should know that uh, Peter uh, served for virtually the entire nine-year run uh, of the Seinfeld show as a uh, producer and writer.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Really, I don't really know like what the producer part did, but
0: oh, you know, you, they had just, a producer in your credits. I would just take it.
2: Yeah, I know, <laughs> I never really understood what it was. I mean, you know, like a, my my job never changed. You know, my title kept changing and my job never did. <laughs> That's pretty funny. What about the pay? Did the pay
0: change?
2: <laughs> the pay changed extraordinarily. Yes, the pay just went through the roof. I
0: would imagine. I was,
2: over, I was overpaid year after year after year.
1: <laughs> well, the show is amazing and you know, it still has its huge following and I was a big fan when the show was on. Uh, how did you come to uh, get the gig? Was did you start doing stand up in New York? And were you friends with Jerry at that time? How did it all happen?
2: I didn't start doing stand up till about six years ago. Oh wow! wow. And it know, I, I mean, if I've done if I've done stand up maybe seventy five times.
0: Mm, wow! Very impressive. Very um, awesome. uh, I had the oh well please sorry
2: you know i i um i was a freelance magazine writer in the late 80s in new york and i um i met larry david uh just one day one long day at the hamptons he was brought i had like a half share in a summer house there and he he was a guest at the house and um you know, it was really fun hanging out with him. I'd heard about him. Um and then um in eighty-nine I moved to LA and I was still writing for magazines. And uh I bumped into Larry, and of course, bumped into is the key phrase there because you know it's all luck. Right um and he just you know he said hey i'm doing the, you know he knew i was a writer i don't think he knew that i had never written the script before <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right so did you kind
2: of fake it no i just um he said you know i'm doing this little tv show with jerry seinfeld maybe you could uh, give me a writing sample i'll pass it on to jerry maybe you could write a script uh, and so um i gave him an article that i had written in the new york times magazine it was it was a humor piece, but it was also a little bittersweet, which was completely in opposition to what Seinfeld was about. You know, right? No, no hugging, no learning. <laughs> and um, and um, you know, I later found out that Larry was making this offer to quite a few friends, and Jerry loved the piece, and I got a shot, and um, I wrote a script and. You know, beginner's luck. It went great. And next thing I knew, I was loaded.
0: That's fantastic. That's a fairy tale. That's a Hollywood fairy tale. The script you wrote,
2: was it spec or did it get made? No, it got made. Which episode was it, may I ask? It was called The Apartment, where um, Jerry kind of like without thinking told Elaine that a woman in his building had died. And there was an open apartment, and then he realizes, Oh my God, I got this, you know, I got an ex girlfriend in the building. I'm going to have to be sneaking around like a cat burglar, you know? Sure. And
1: then he has to talk her out of taking the
2: apartment. Well, he didn't really talk her out of it.
0: I remember this
2: episode.
0: Yeah. That's so impressive. Uh,
2: And it was so crazy because, you know, like, I just, you know, I went in there to pitch the show, you know, and I hadn't seen it. They only done, I think, three or four episodes at that time. Right. And, um, you know, I watched them and I was like, oh, my God, actually, this is something I got nervous because it was like, wow, this is really good. I really like this. And, you know, I pitched this one idea, and, you know, on, on 90%, well, on 100% of all other sitcoms, you know, you would have had to beat out the story step by step and, you know, everything. You know, and once we came up, once, you know, we arrived at the general gist of the story, they, they were like, okay, go ahead. And they sent me off to write it. I mean, wow. like, I, I had an entire story arc in there that they – that I just threw in, you know, about George wearing a wedding ring to see whether, um, you know, it would really attract women. <laughs> uh, you know, I, that was not even, you know, they didn't even know that that was going to be part of it. Right. I just edited it as I was writing. And, you know, it was good because it had this, you know, argument between Jerry and George of, of each of them claiming to be the bigger idiot. Yeah, the
0: premise is so funny. Yeah. And, you know, how you got in with Seinfeld. Yes, it's, you know, a a crapshoot. You have to be in the right place at the right time. But you obviously had the talent to back it up. I mean, I would imagine many creatives in this town maybe weren't ready and missed that shot, but you had it. I mean, talk about a shoe in.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it all just worked out perfectly for me because, you know, it was a show that didn't have a a writer's room. You were on your own. You were on your own, which, you know, I I mean, I started out as a reporter at the Washington Post. I'm not, you know, somebody who really likes to collaborate very much. So, you know, Seinfeld was great for that. Everything about it was just kind of perfect for me. It was very, you know, all the New York stuff and right. But still, there was a giant learning curve, you know, I, you know, about being creative and, you know, in journalism, you're looking out at the world and reporting on it. And Seinfeld, you really have to look more inward to yourself and what your own little thoughts are. So it was a big, big learning curve. I don't want you to think that, you know, I went in there and boom, I was able to like dash off scripts. It was, you know, it was hard right throughout.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you went from uh, reporting the world to creating the world.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Really big shift. That was really big. It was overwhelming at times.
1: And um, uh, you said, so you were a freelance writer uh, before you got the Seinfeld gig. What magazines was your
2: stuff appearing in? Um, Almost every Condé Nast magazine. I was oh. writing, wrote a ton for women's magazines. I mean, the first freelance piece I wrote, I had been working at ABC Sports from 82 to 84. I was working for Howard Cosell. And nice gig. Um, yeah, crazy, but fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't know, I I got laid off after the 84 Olympics because, you know, due to the massive amount of corporate waste that went into that, Right. which was fine. It was time to leave anyway. But, you know, I wasn't working. And one day I just wrote this piece called the We Just Broke Up Last Night Diet.
0: Yeah. It's, like, it's, diet. it's like
2: what you eat for the, you know, five days after you've been dumped. Yeah, Cheesecake for Breakfast, I think, is on that. Yeah, I, <laughs> sold, that. I sold it to Mademoiselle magazine.
0: Yeah.
2: And because of that piece, I got in at all these other magazines. I was writing a lot for GQ mm-hmm. and Mademoiselle and Self, and you know. And also, then I had an editor at at uh, Mademoiselle who made the move over to Elle magazine. So I was that was a different company. So, but I got to have lunch with Elle McPherson. So that was good.
0: That makes it all worth it, right there, mm, right, hundred percent, totally. I loved Mademoiselle. I subscribed back when you used to subscribe
2: (laughs) to magazines. Mademoiselle was great.
0: I loved it.
2: You know, and some really great writers kind of got their start there, you know, like Laurie Moore, you know, she won their contest, you know, Ah. know, she's like, you know, she's a god in American literary circles. I I
0: had no idea, but yeah, everyone gets their start somewhere and Mademoiselle was great.
2: Yeah, they, it, was a, it was so sad when that was... A lot,
0: a lot of the iconic magazines just kind of go I think away.
2: They, I think they all went to shit when they started putting actors and actresses on the cover rather than models. But right? Ah. I agree with that.
1: Leave the actors and actresses on the cover of people and leave the models on the cover of the
2: fashion and, uh, yeah. you know, world magazines. I mean, you know... The covers, you know, L Magazine in the late 80s, their covers would stop you on the street. Right? You know, I mean, and then then they just had actors, actresses, and you know, they're I'm sure they're very beautiful, but there's a reason that models are models, you know. Right. Exactly. I agree. You didn't see Vogue doing that. You well, know, they do it now. Now they, they, they do, they've done, for, they've done it for the last you know 20 years. They they you know. There's not, you know, other than maybe Giselle, there's not really a famous model in the world now.
0: Not now. You know, I used to be.
2: I mean, in the 80s, you know, like it was huge. Huge. And
0: the 90s. It was was huge. I was obsessed with the supermodels.
2: Yeah. It's funny funny because uh, when I first moved to Santa Monica, my parents came out to visit. And of course, I have to go to the grocery with my mother who's now 97, but then, you know, this was 20-whatever years ago, and we were in um, we were in a pavilions grocery store, and my mother, out of the middle of nowhere, just says, you know, the girls out here really are very pretty. I said, what makes you say that, Mom? I, she goes, well, like that girl who's, like, waiting at the checkout line there. Not a stitch of makeup. She looks terrific. I look over. It's Christy Turlington.
0: <laughs> yeah, i'd say she looks terrific i, said yeah. I wow. said
2: yeah yeah mom she's not the exactly you know the average girl out here I was, <laughs> like, oh. I was like you know she's not she's a model and she's not the number one model in america right now she's the mo- number one model in the history of the world yes. Right. Yes.
0: and and at the outer world yeah, yeah she's, right? she is so beautiful she doesn't even look uh, human all of those supermodels, Linda, Christy, Christy. Uh, uh, Claudia Schiffer. Uh, but I, I tell you something about entertainers, though, in general, I um, did see J-Lo a couple of times. But the first time I saw her in person, I was with my dad. He was visiting me. We were at Bubby's New York City. We were having brunch. Mm-hmm. And it was during the JLo, the first J-Lo Ben Affleck craze. I think they were calling him, I don't know, Bennifer or something. Yes. And my dad, we had this little running joke. Whenever he would see a a regular person who would sort of resemble someone, like if, you know, if someone had long feathered back hair, oh, there's Andy Gibb. And we had this running joke. Of course, it's not Andy Gibb, but he just looks like him. So he said, oh, there's J-Lo, thinking it would not be her. Yeah. And it really was. Talk about Luminous, really one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in person.
2: Yeah. You I'd know? like to talk to her about her career.
0: Yeah. What she's had a <laughs> good career?
2: No, I'd like to just give her some tips.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, just I'm- a couple fashion tips,
1: uh, maybe a little makeup help. Well, okay. I like, right. I'd
2: like to say to her, in, in the movie Out of Sight, you were on the right trajectory. I don't know where you went off, but anyway.
0: Well, I think you should let her know, and let me know how that goes.
2: Look, if I ever, <laughs> if I ever see her around, I mean, I think uh, I think Ben's kids go to a, a school around here, so maybe I'll bump into. Oh, I'm,
0: I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Wait, were you raised in New York? Yes. Okay. Between. And and when did you move to L.A.? Eighty
2: nine.
0: Oh, all right. You're an Angelino. So yeah.
2: Of. Yeah, well I was an Angelino as soon as I walked through the airport. Oh, really? Yeah, I really loved it. I you know, I was here for a month in the 84 Olympics, so right. I, was, I was like always looking around going, why do people always make jokes about this place? I think it's great. <laughs> I, it. I, I love, love
0: it. I love it here too, and I knew what I was getting into when moving here, and I was I've absolutely embraced it. I love it.
2: Where, where did you move from?
0: Uh, from Miami, I lived in, born and raised in Flint, Michigan, went to school oh. in New York City, lived in Miami for about a decade, and then drove a 30-foot RV from Miami to L.A. about eight years ago. Oh. Kind of sounds like I'm pulling geographicals, but honestly, I, I found my home. I'm, I love L.A. I just love well, being
2: it. From, being from Flint, I could see why
0: you're
2: so into the Italian water.
0: Little, little bit.
2: <laughs> it really is spectacular water. You got to get
1: some San Benedetto.
0: Yeah. And some Flint water.
1: And yeah. doing them side fine. by side.
0: The Flint water is fine. Um, so you're. I had the honor of being in a lineup with you a few weeks ago mm-hmm. at the improv. And I'm just, I can't, I'm astounded that you've only done comedy for as long as you have, or stand up rather, because there's a big difference. What, you know, between, you know, comedy writing and, and being a performer. So what what made you make that sh- shift? Um,
2: I went to a, a charity function that I really didn't want to go to. And at the at last second, I decided to go. And it was like, you know, a lot of show busy people. And I was bored to death. And I started talking to um, a girl who was working there. And. Uh, oh. We just was chatting, you know, she's a young girl, she's you know, and she, and uh, you might know her, her name is Zara Mizrahi. Sure, and we know Zara, yeah, she's and, lovely,
0: she's been in my lineup, lovely. Yeah,
2: I mean, we, we're like really, really close ah. and she just said, You know, I do, I'm doing this show at the West Side Comedy, you should like, you know, because I, you know, like I always had that. I did have that, my opening line lying around that, like if I ever did stand up and, um, so I did it. And, you know, if you don't have to rely on stand up for your existence and you have absolutely nothing to lose, it's not that difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, no, it's still difficult, but you know, it really helps to just be completely calm and not nervous. And I never I feel more comfortable doing stand up than I do like ordering at Starbucks. You know, that's
0: just so great.
2: Well, that's because the stakes are
1: different for you. Yeah. Stand up exactly. is something you get to do with absolutely no uh expectation and you're not it's like you said, you're not counting on it for your existence.
2: Yeah. So yeah. you get to enjoy it more and the starbucks i am counting on for my existence absolutely i mean how am i going to get through my day i understand
0: yes and be very afraid of what's in that cup
2: yeah (laughs) yeah and then you know now i know all the baristas and i know all these people and this is funny Mm -hmm. because i i have this new joke i'm going to try because in stand up the other in in starbucks recently i uh I know these people and one of them asked me if I read the new Barbara Streisand memoir. And I said, actually, I'd rather read the terms and conditions for joining Verizon. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. I'm going to try that.
0: I'm dying to know what was that one line, that opener that you already had in your head. If you were to ever do stand up.
2: Oh, um, you know i always open with that line you know like everybody thinks it's you know they always introduced me with the seinfeld thing which is great misdirection because i always start by saying um, i guess most of you know me as the guy who impregnated roe from roe v wade <laughs> <That's
0: funny>. brilliant <laughs> and was that the only material you had when yeah. Zara invited you to that i mean that's a great room too west side comedy that's that's not
2: yeah.
0: a small thing
2: yeah no it's it was great it's a great place i love great it. room yes yeah.
0: so that's how great. many minutes did you do
2: um i think about 10.
0: wow so well that was your writing experience right so you were just able to
2: well i had a lot of stuff lying around You know, it it went. You know, like it really went great. But you know, I swear, I don't know if I have any lines left from that first night, (laughs) other than the opening line, right? But uh, I don't think I. You know, but it was, it was just fun.
0: It It evolves, and
2: and, and you know, like Zara's like family now. You know, so it was all worthwhile.
0: Yeah, everyone really should check out Zara's comedy. Uh, she was an anomaly from the get-go. She's one of the very few comedians that has, a for her age, has a lot of depth. Therefore, yes. she's very interesting up there. I think, you know, I, I happen to think, and I may be a little biased, but right. I think older comics are funnier. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but, you know, I just think having experience, life experience, you have more to delve yeah. into. Well,
1: you know, it's a really, that's a very salient point because when I started doing stand up, it was 1986, I was 20 years old. And I, I think that's, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but in most cases, I think it's too young because what do you, what life experience are you really drawing from? Yeah. You know, in order to write material, you know, gee,
0: I remember when I was nine. But there oh, are yeah. those interesting young comics there yes, Taylor Tomlinson what an anomaly yeah
2: I mean you know? and um and what's his name um
1: uh, Chris Rock was uh young when he started Eddie Murphy
2: was young when he started and and Jar- Jared Carmichael, I mean right. Know, 22, he was, fan- I mean, his first HBO special was just killer. I mean, I thought he was just, what a stage presence. and I just love him. Yeah, There, are, there are that many comics I'm wild about, but, you know, he's, he and Sarah, are pretty, you know, Sarah Silverman to me is just, out yeah, of this she, she, just she dropped is. out of this world. And she's so, I agree. she's
0: so interesting, even if the punches aren't there. You and, know, she just and she her...
2: can get rid of her, She can get away with anything because she's got this amazing persona, you know? Right.
1: It's, it's, it's very sellable for her. Yeah. You know, she doesn't put you off in terms of her personality. Yeah.
0: But I really like your comedy, Peter. You're very, oh, you. I mean, it's, it's creative and it makes you think you take your time up there and I'm going to guess that you didn't it didn't take long for you to find your point of view, which is a big goal for most comedians.
2: You know, the funny thing is, like maybe the fourth or fifth time I did it, somebody asked me, um, where did you I mean, like, how did you develop this character that up there? And I was like, oh, my God, I have a character up there.
0: <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> like, I didn't oh, know that yeah, you absolutely you know,
2: like slightly confused and you know i don't know but you know I, I i kind of was sometimes i lose sight of it and you know i try to get back to it you know
0: you because look, I, you have- I don't
2: do it i don't do it enough you know i mean i don't do it I, i'm not like those most comics who need to get up like you know five times a week
0: it, you don't feel like a shtick it doesn't feel hacky. It feels organic. And you have that mad scientist innate thing right. going on. And, yeah. uh, you, know, yeah, on top Gary, of you know,
2: Gary Shanling always paused a lot. And I always kind of like admired that. You know, like he was in no rush up there. I always, you know, the few comics I, and, you know, Stephen Wright. Oh yeah. Like the most original greatest mind to me of of any comic I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: I think Stephen Wright's brilliant. Uh, I mean, who 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 has ever seen Stephen Wright and doesn't think he's brilliant? I mean, he's got he's got the highest Q rating in, in, in I've ever of any comic ever. You know, like right. nobody ever says that this guy is not great. Yeah. He really really is. Do you have any Kevin, Kevin Neal?
1: Kevin Nealon.
2: Yeah, he's brilliant.
1: Also brilliant. Yeah. Um, What do you want to do with it? Are you like thinking, oh, I want to go out and work on the road or you you ever want to do any, or are you just really enjoying it because you're in a position now where you can just enjoy.
2: Um, Yeah. I, I, I don't make plans. You know i don't make any plans well and we're lucky to have you show up this morning
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was very impromptu thanks for saying yeah. yes i thought. oh please reached out but, to you know
2: already. like make, making career plans to me is just like setting yourself up for disappointment right
1: wow. especially in especially in our industry
2: yeah
0: so yeah. interesting yes you know people want to get control And I'm going to be on a sitcom by the time
1: I'm 30.
0: Yes.
2: Cut to 37th birthday. (laughs) And cut to 2020 when there are no sitcoms. I know, right? I mean, like, you know, like you see these, you know, I hardly ever see network TV unless I'm watching sports. Right. And so like the only time I ever see, um, you know, like a promo for a sitcom I just can't believe it. You know, because they always put what they're I guess they think is the funniest line of the week. On uh, there. Like, are you kidding me?
0: They need help. Maybe you should go write for them. You know, okay. like are you want? Do you have any desire to go back into the rating for television arena? Ah.
2: Zero. <laughs> Zero. What could beat that experience? Nothing.
1: Right.
0: It, well, yeah, like where do you go after Seinfeld? I mean, that's the best writing gig I, I, I would imagine ever. Yeah. Historically, one of the very best shows in television ever. Ever. The great,
2: but the great thing about it, it was like getting a second shot at going to college. Yeah, because. Oh, so. Because. Because you're. Yeah, I mean, the work is harder than college, but you know, it was always hanging out with like really fun people. And you know, you had a new freshman crop of girls every week. It was just great. It was like <laughs> you know, all over again. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're on a, a studio lot, which is kind of like being on a college campus. Right. It was, I just loved that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was yes. so much fun, you know, like, you know, I was like, my first year at Seinfeld I wound up dating this girl who worked on Evening Shade and she was a Southern Baptist debutante. I was like this is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> all the things I should have pursued in college I'm doing
0: now. This is great. It's way better than Harvard. Yeah.
2: I you know, I went to University of Maryland. I mean.
0: All right. So you, you know. did all of, so you did go to college
2: yeah i went to okay you're not a
0: self-taught
2: you know i i I basically played basketball and hung out and you know at parties and things like that and i managed to be the first person to ever graduate from maryland in the 70s without ever doing a quaalude
0: Ah,
2: what that's an outrage (laughs) i know i never did any drugs ever
0: Never I did never, any drugs. Even a bigger outrage.
2: No, sure. never, You want to hear the biggest outrage? I've never been drunk.
0: Okay, so just no desire, no curiosity.
2: No. Wow. Just,
1: and here you are on drinking during business hours. Yeah, yeah.
0: You'd be drinking anything. We
1: could be, know? only today we're drinking water because it's dry January. San
0: Benedetto water, not just any but, water.
2: You know that I'm thinking about it. If somebody wanted to market water from Flint, it would be like a really funny novelty. Thank it you would look that. like cream soda.
0: I, I wish know. I would have saved those gallons of rust-colored water that <laughs> which we were bathing in, not just drinking. Um, the it's the, the crisis has been rectified. It went on a long, long time. Yeah, they finally got it together.
1: Now you can actually drink the water in Flint. It won't kill you, but the occupants of Flint will. Mm.
0: That's not true. I love my hometown. Wonderful people in Flint. I actually
2: dated a girl from Detroit for a long time.
0: So you know how cool we are.
2: Detroit was pretty great. I really like, you know, I loved all the people there and everything. Detroit,
1: did you get to like some of the cool spots? Like, did, Did you have a chance to go to like the Motown
2: Museum ever? Or- no i went to like the last restaurant that jimmy Hoffa went to i was rest- there <laughs> yeah I, uh, I was there and i went to uh was it a greek town or something yes. like that yes. yes greek town's great
0: yes. you have any yeah. saganaki that's the flaming
2: cheese oh i don't think so
0: yeah that's something that we americanized i went to greece And I was trying to find saganaki on the. It's not even on the menu in the country of Greece. It's this Americanized thing that we've created for tourism.
2: Is is it like souvlaki? Is it like
0: Uh, saganaki? And it's just a a cheese that they light on fire, and you singe your eyebrows, and it's great for the whole family.
1: (laughs) Right. I think he was asking if you had souvlaki. Oh, souvlaki.
0: Oh. No. um, what, what is souvlaki? I don't know. That's when I was
2: in Greece, like in my, you know, in my required post-collegiate Europe trip. Right. Um, I remember the food was like all souvlaki and it was like, Ugh. I think souvlaki are skewers.
0: Oh, all right.
2: I don't, know, I don't remember. I don't really remember.
0: I remember ordering octopus and they put the entire octopus on a plate the tentacles and the oh, and that's, that's awesome. that's how it's served.
2: That's awful. That's awesome. <laughs> they do that in Italy also, where the water's from. They shouldn't be allowed to cook the octopus. They're, you know, they like brilliant animals. Yeah. Oh,
0: aren't they? My octopus teacher, one Sick. of my favorite films. Yeah. That, oh
2: yeah, that was unbelievable. It was love-
0: heart, heart-wrenching, heartwarming. Yeah.
2: I love them. These Me so- too. Everything that was, was a heart. great movie. It really was. It's so smart. It's unbelievable. That's why I don't like, I, I don't eat pork.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm Jewish, but that has nothing to do with it. Like, just the fact that pigs know, you know, like they're really smart animals. I know. I do eat pork. Mm, what can you do? Bacon.
0: <laughs> um You
1: do the best you can. That's yeah. all. That's what you can do. You do the best you can. That's all. Well, I'm- I...
2: am I do the best I can. Then I back it off a little bit. Right.
0: Hey, balance, you know,
2: <laughs> it's true.
0: And then you go do a tight 10 at the comedy store. Or, but mm. where Where are you? Like, what's become your hub?
2: Oh, you know, I don't really have one. Um, I, I did have a bit of a hub I, and I probably could do it again if I, you know, make it. So if I want, if I put in the effort at, uh, you know, at Flapper's.
0: Oh, okay they're really nice over there yeah
2: like
1: shout out flappers. to barbara Halliday
2: at flappers yes yeah it's and a Josh. bit of a it's a bit of a drive for me
0: it's a drive are you
2: still in
1: santa monica
2: yeah but I i you know i did the ice house for the first time like a couple of days after i saw you
0: since they remodeled yeah
2: and that was fantastic
0: we yeah we had a good experience before yeah, the, the
1: ice house is an anomaly unto itself that for i mean since i started that has always been my favorite comedy club in the country yeah. and i've worked in 49 states and i've been on the road a long time and
2: i always say the ice house is just my favorite club of all it, it, was, it was great and you know like you know the stuff that you know like is a little a potentially offensive or not really offensive, but offensive to, you know, like the whole woke world. Um, they were like totally down with it.
1: Yeah. It's the reason is because it's not in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's actually San Gabriel Valley. Their expectations are different. They're not jaded by seeing, you know, El McPherson at Ralph's. You know, they really it's like being on the road and they're really, really happy to have people
2: drive out to do entertainment out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I did this. I tried this new just because they were laughing at everything. I, you know, like went as potentially offensive as I can go with. I was doing this joke about like, isn't it better that the Palestinians are occupied rather than just sitting around doing nothing? Right. And they, and they, their response was great. You know, they laughed and yeah. they laughed and they said, "Uh," at the same time, which I love that little yeah, bit of that, a groan.
0: Oh, ha ha! Oh, a little bit of a groan.
2: Isn't the best? The best. I thought I, you know, I've, all this is accidental learning, but I think the best response is always a delayed laugh. Like you get the joke out and there's nothing for a second. And then. It, then they get way. it.
0: Yeah. yeah. You made them think.
2: I love that. It's so much fun. I th-
0: I think that's the best. It's always really you that,
2: either made them
1: but... think or they're questioning whether or not it's okay to laugh at the joke.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that's That's the depressing side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yes. funny thing is, it's like, you know, another thing about having anything to lose is not worrying about being canceled. You know, like who cares cancel me so what are you going to cancel me from walking my dog you know right. i mean exactly you know yes. so like you know if i come up with if you come up with something you know is funny and uh, you know you got to go with it Look, you got to push back against this crap you know i agree
1: 100 million percent i don't really censor and i don't think you can have art with censorship you definitely can't have free speech with censorship and Richard Pryor said it the best. You can say anything you want on stage as long as it's funny.
2: Yeah. And sure the funny, funny thing, yeah, I, ugh, it's it's really just awful in the way. But you know, um,
0: you could get away with it, I think.
2: Yeah, I I think maybe.
0: You know, I I think um, more and more people, I think it's going to eventually go the other way. Everyone's going to rebel against it and start pushing that envelope again. And it'd be
2: nice. That's yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny you are talking about the younger comedians and things like that. You know, I mean. A politically incorrect but funny joke, you know, is dangerous, but. You know, immediately going to like the lowest possible place is where, like, I mean, I mean, the sex stuff that these, that they do.
1: Vulgarity. I know it's, it's uncalled for. We just for.
0: saw someone special that just came and, out. And, and it's was, cheap. It's hacky. It's it's, it's not, not creative. Good. It's, it's not, not good joke writing. Yeah. It's
2: just not good joke writing. And it's desperate. Yeah. And, and the, and you know, like. Nobody's really shocked by anything anymore sexually, you know, like you can't, you know, and, and they, they don't get like the laugh they want on one joke and they immediately go to, uh so I took it up the ass,
0: you know, I mean, like, right. I hate that. I hate those female comics too. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> I <hope they laughs> agree with you
0: 100%. At the
2: Ice House, I was after this one woman. I should just send you the video of it just because they sent it to me. The set went so well. They actually said, we're going to send you the video, but they sent the video of the whole show, which I really didn't want. Oh, right. Boy. But you got the woman before me and the woman after me. They were so grotesquely, you know, I mean, just, oh my God. It was all like the raunchiest.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, now some Female comics have made a great career for themselves with that point of view, but they're funny. Yeah, and it yeah. kind of goes back to what we said, you know. If it's funny, I mean, Sarah Silverman can be pretty raunchy. Yeah, it's but smart. But it, see, it's that's the difference. It's, it's it's the delivery, right? It's the premise. It's the how it's set up. It's the the rhythm.
1: Yeah, you gotta be smart.
0: The persona, everything about it. It just that's why I love stand-up. It's just so many components.
1: Well, she's a good actor, too. Very good. She was wonderful in Maestro.
0: Really great.
1: Yeah. She's just she's really talented, and she's a great singer. Yeah.
0: Well, your position in life, Peter, really explains your disposition in the comedy world. You don't really you're comfortable. You don't have to hustle. You don't have to play the game. You don't have to worry about social media. And those three things right there are so exhausting for a comic as they're trying to expand right. their career. And so that's, that's yeah. incredible right. that you can just you disregard those three major things and just really focus on nothing but the true art.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, when you're in LA, it's um you know, I, I'm my my desires and my um my taste kind of just run against LA, you know, because I mean, you know, I write a lot of op-ed pieces for the LA Times and sometimes for the New York Times and the Washington Post and when one of those is comes out really well. I have to tell you, it's much more thrilling to me than writing the yada yada.
0: Oh yeah, right. It's polished. you know, I think
2: it was great writing the yada yada, but you know, like writing these columns where you where like the wording is so important and figuring it out and you know, and and seeing it in the paper is like such a thrill, and you know, you know, like I remember when you know, like when we shot the sponge in front of the audience, you know, right. and everything like that, you know, it was a great show. It was great in front of the audience. It was great on TV. And it was like, yeah, that's great. That's really fun. It's a good episode. It's not
1: sponge worthy. He's yeah. not sponge worthy, Jerry. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. Where, where do you foresee uh multi-cam going? Do you think they're going to sneak in a couple or do you think it's done
1: I think I think it'll come back. I do too. I agree
2: with you do
0: you think it will come back just via streaming and just it's not going to be broadcast?
2: I don't know that the whole streaming thing I'm not uh, I, I don't have a full grasp on where that's going although like I think the football game tonight is just streaming on peacock. Yeah,
1: it's a big outrage that they're putting that playoff game on Peacock and not regular TV.
2: I know. I know. That's crazy. I thought it of. was
1: crazy that Amazon picked up Thursday night football and you can't watch yeah. it unless you have Amazon Prime.
2: You know, the funny thing is, in 1982, I was wor- you know, I, I was working for Howard Cosell on the sports you know, journalism show. Peter, I can't find my notes. <laughs> we did a whole show on the future of pay tv and sports and about how one day you're gonna to have to pay to see the super bowl oh
0: well just like that'll that. be the day
2: people stop
1: watching the super bowl no we'll
0: I don't see know. they'll
1: never stop they're I nuts. they nuts with football yeah look i'm a giants fan so i don't have to really worry too much about the super bowl for the next few years yeah, yeah. So. i'm a Giants
2: <laughs> fan too excellent I mean, we had season tickets in Yankee Stadium. Oh, what I would have given. We were in the the bleachers, you know. That's where I came to know all about public drunkenness. Oh, yeah. It's important. When
1: I was a kid, my
2: father took me to a... I I
1: think it was a Jets game, if I'm not mistaken. And we went with two of his friends. And he and myself. And I was a kid. I mean, I might have been eight years old, maybe nine. And it was one of those days in New York that was just so bitter cold that you didn't even want to go outside. Mm. And we go to the Jets game and it was freezing cold. And my dad's friend had bought a flask with him. And we get to the seats and they were all like, you know, they're in like their 30s, you know, or early 40s, whatever. And they're saying, all right, I got some booze. We're going to drink every touchdown. First quarter, no touchdowns. Oh, no. So the beginning of the second quarter, they're like, all right, we're going to drink to first downs and touchdowns. No touchdown, no first downs in the second quarter. Wow. Halftime rolls around. They go, every time the ref blows the whistle, we're going to take a drink. <laughs> I didn't
0: get a little cold.
1: Seriously. <laughs> I watched my diner's friends get hammered
2: at the Jets game. God, you you know those cold days like you your feet would be frozen solid.
0: I don't miss it. Yeah, I, mean, I lived in New York a long time. I would go back under the right circumstances. I would just have to be have you know I'd ungodly have, rich, ungodly like ungodly like I I would have had to write for Seinfeld at some point in my career. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm really, we're thrilled that you could be on the show. Yeah,
1: Peter, thank you so Thanks. much for coming. So for what it's worth, since we are dropping Monday, man, did you kill last night.
2: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, I, I know. It was an unbelievable set.
0: Absolutely killed <laughs> last night. Thanks for being night. on Bottle Shot Comedy. <laughs> second Sunday of every month at 7 p.m. at Hollywood Improv.
1: Do you have any
2: socials or a
1: website or anything that people
2: could find you on? Um, I have a website. I think it's petermelman.com. There you go. It. I don't do anything with it. Right. I'm on Facebook. Well, if Thanks.
1: you want to see a very stagnant website, go to petermelman.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You and can catch
0: him live.
1: Uh, and catch him live around Los Angeles and They're watch Seinfeld funny. and put more money in the guy's pocket for crying out loud. He's starving. Yeah, yeah. That would be good.
2: Would be good.
0: <laughs> 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 Peter, thank you. Thanks so much thank for being. And,
2: and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. That Absolutely. I'll see
0: you night. Thanks again for doing both shows. We appreciate
2: My it. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Take care.